Everybody's ego takes a shot on this show. This is Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton, presented by Coors Light on 100.5 ESPN. You're still wrong. I th- I, th- I thought Ashcraft was new. I, me too. He's a true freshman. I thought well, he was a red shirt. You don't freshman. count. I counted it. You <laughs> knew to you because you never heard of him before. Let's get to the defense. If he was a red shirt sophomore, he would have been new to you. <laughs> Broadcasting Maybe. live from the Everlight Solar Studio with Matt Hamilton, here's Jim Rutledge. Tucker Ashcraft. Best friends with his family now, guys. I was at the Badger game. Okay. And in between deafening music. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking that at the game, but I was... I don't know. We'll get to that in a minute. But, uh, I mean, (laughs) at one point I was like, my ears are literally... Like, it was the treble was too high or something. I'm like, my ears are ringing. But... (laughs) <laughs> setting that aside. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Um, we weren't the only ones. Oh, it, no, I literally, when I was sitting there during the game, I thought, like, did my dad bring me to these games as a kid and I didn't have... Is that why I'm, like, partially deaf? Am I partially deaf? If I if uh, I wasn't before the game, I'm partially deaf after. Dude, That I, was wild, right? It was such a sigh of relief after the game when I went on social media and so many people were losing their mind. Oh, like, I know. I, I was, was like, afraid that this old man Hammy trope was going to keep going if I came in saying that it was too loud. I was ready to be like, wow, that music was good and bumping at the game, huh? <laughs> Fellow young kids. <laughs> Fellow youth stroke. Uh, but this is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. The mountains were blue, and we knew what to do. And that was crushed by Coors Light. Because you were at the Wisconsin College Game Day tailgate as well. Oh, we yeah. saw our signage there, which is always looks great, where they have the sign that says that the mountains are blue, you know what to do. Uh, so that was great. Saw so many good friends out there, yep. uh, friends and partners of the, of the station, of the show. So that was fantastic as well. And the Coors Light were flowing. The Badgers won their football game, and as much as I want to start with my old man ears ringing after the uh, the game, what? we'll get to the Badger football side of things, but I do want to share my Tucker Ashcraft story, which was that during the game... Is that really how it's pronounced? Yes. Okay. That's how they pronounced that at the game? Yeah. And the stadium guy, and I confirmed it with radio dork Alex Strzok behind the glass. What else would it be? I mean, if I, if my it's name was ass, but I would say like yeah, but it's like French, so go Ashcraft. Like I wouldn't say ass. I don't want my name to be Ashcraft. The same like, thing is what Matri. It's Matri. I, I literally asked him today. It's funny you say that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I actually during the game, I remember the announcer said that, and I thought it was mind blowing because was it Ryan that was back there? And yeah, that the was guy, the most the painful segment of radio I've ever listened to. Well, the guy texted in and said he knew. Yeah, because someone texted in and said, I talked to him, and he said his last name is pronounced Mater. Yeah, so I actually told yeah. uh, Jason about this earlier yeah. today when I was over. I, I talked to him earlier today. I yeah. said, so there's a big debate on our show about how to pronounce your last name. It's Matry, right? And he said, yes, it's Matry. And I said, we had a guy text in and say it was like the Cars character, Mater. He's like, yeah, that's wrong. No, Mater, like hater. No, well, yeah, but like Mater, the, like the character in Cars. But jo- he was saying like Josh Hader, so Mater. Get, I don't know the show. I don't know Cars. I don't. It's, okay, in the movie, the guy, the, okay. the character's name is Mater, so it's the same but thing. I just want to be. Like, I just want to be sure yeah. that the guy was saying it like it's Josh Hader. Yes, that's how he that's typed how it out. That's how the guy pronoun- like, yes. typed it. Yes. I don't know who the Semantics. hell Mater is. Why have you never watched Cars? I have two girls. What is there? I think maybe I've seen it. 
I don't care for the blue collar tom- comedy folks, so probably he, yeah. not going to be dialed. That into was it. like the one thing he he like separated himself with that. And I'm not saying it's bad or anything. I just I feel like I saw it once, and the kids were into it, and so then I think yeah. I probably fell asleep. Fair and enough. that was that. Fair enough. But honestly, good regardless. flicks though. Good flicks. Well, good. To, maybe I'll try. Look, I have to have. I'm not just going to dial it up for myself. So if the kids <laughs> are yeah. interested in it, uh, I'm definitely open to it. But so Tucker and his family. So mm-hmm. yes, I this. am. Some of the tickets the ESPN Madison has are in like what is it section H and we're row eleven. So we're in a good spot, and luckily the press box did a nice job blocking out the sun pretty quick. So. The game experience outside of the deafening music and the C plus play from the Badgers, I would say was was good. That's generous compared to our post game buddies. But uh, Chris Orr gave him a C minus on the post game, and I think Brad Norton gave him a solid C. So Chris is a savage. He is. <laughs> he I, is. I, I'm gonna go. I'm glad he was never my teacher in school because right, right. I would have definitely you would have definitely got a force time yeah, taking yeah, math. Yeah, you would have got a force repeat. So during the game. Uh, we're kind of talking to people around us when we could, you know, their ears stop ringing. And we tur- I turn around, and there's two people behind us, and I'm giving high fives to them throughout. And then finally I see, at some point, they both have the, the Tucker Ashcraft, like, buttons on. And I was like, how do you guys know Tucker? And they're like, oh, well, I used to live with the family for a little bit. And the other, he pointed to a younger person. He goes, this is Tucker's brother. And hmm. so I was like, oh, so then I'm talking them up. And I told them on our radio show, so hopefully they're subscribing now and they'll listen back later. They're not from the area, but they're going to listen back. Wisconsin, the man, Apple, Spotify, and those great places. So I showed them on Apple where you could listen to the show. But I said, we were just talking about you on the show because we did not know. I knew you were new to the team. I thought you were a true freshman. One of our producers thought you were a redshirt freshman, and we were having that debate on the air. So I literally talked to his family. And uh, it was a good kind of, And then I got a couple high fives because Tucker made a few good plays, including yeah. one where he got a nasty hit at the knee. Thankfully, I think he's okay. I guess I haven't seen the latest injury report, but that one, like everyone's giving high fives, and everyone around is like, ooh. And then I'm like looking at his brother. I'm like, God, I hope this guy's okay because yeah. otherwise he saw his brother's knee get like wiped out. But <laughs> I, I think Tucker's all right. But that was uh, one of the few highlights in the game for the Badgers. Look, I think we're overreacting a little bit. I think people are. Losing their minds. Like, I want a 50. I think the. the I have 48 rip. <laughs> right. And look, if Skylar Bell catches that ball, maybe that's maybe the game goes a completely different way. No, it didn't happen, so we can't change history. I mean, I'm going to be honest. Buffalo looked better than I thought they were going to look. Right. And I I don't how much that quarterback looked fairly efficient for, you know, literally, I've never heard of anybody on this team, but I thought they were fine. Better than I expected. That's for they, sure. They look like a bull caliber team. Was it was it <clears throat> Buffalo looking better than you expected, or more so Wisconsin looking worse than maybe the expectations you built up? I think it's a bull. I well, think it's a little bit yeah, of both. There, there's a little bit of both. I think. Now, granted, I was going in with a very optimistic. Uh, their Badgers are, you know, we're going to the ship this year, kind of thing. Now, realistically, there's going to be some growing pains. New system, right? A lot of new players, a lot of new faces, new scheme. Like there, and honestly, that's basically what I saw. I, I what I saw was a very talented unit that just isn't all on the same page quite yet. It's kind of was my take. So, from but it. He, uh, not on the same page. Wisconsin finished with 312 yards rushing, the most it's had in two years. And look at the running yards per carry for what 
uh, Malusi and Allen did, both of them well over five yards per carry. So as much as the passing game didn't work, I think, Matt, and I get it, and I was there too, but the more I looked into it, I was disappointed the passing game did not explode. And right, it was literally right. right before the Skyler Bell throw, I was saying that someone was asking me, our friend Brad from Ho-Chunk's like, I'm surprised they haven't gone over top more. I'm like, I think they're setting it up. Yeah. And then literally two plays later, Skyler drops the ball, and then a play after that, or two plays after that, Mordecai throws an interception, the complexion of the game changes a little bit. But the defense, I thought, played well. They gave up one big play, but otherwise I thought they bowed up for when it mattered most of the game. Mm-hmm. And I thought the running game, though, spreading the ball out, allowed that running game to be the most successful it's been in two years. And then, I mean, Braylon was getting the passes out of the backfield as well. Yes. Like, I saw him run a couple flats or whatever those routes are. Where I think just he had like, seven catches. Yeah, and that's like kind of seemed unheard of for Braylon That's Allen, a career so. high. And then you also had Braylon Allen, 141 yards on only 17 carries with uh, two touchdowns. And then Malusi, career high, 157 yards, including that Awesome 89-yard yeah. run. So do the Badgers have a lot of room to improve? Absolutely. Do we know what Buffalo is right now? No. I have, I'll be honest, I have no idea what the expectations are for Buffalo, but I know that Lance Lye pulled off that program in, in good shape, and I know the staff taking over for it was a good shape team. So I do think it was a mix of Buffalo looking better than we thought. And Wisconsin not coming out firing all cylinders. I think right. they're a favorite at Washington State. I still think they're going to win at Washington State. The only thing I came away from that game – that I was not even concerned about, but I would say this. I need to see more out of Tanner Mordecai, specifically. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's my biggest takeaway. So 844-770-3776. What was your biggest takeaway from the Badger game on Saturday? 844-770-3776. Yeah, on the field, because we're going to get to the too loud part in a second, but on the field, 844-770-3776. What was your biggest takeaway? Another part, they're missing some of their key players, and I want to make sure I get the name right here. Strofe, hop in here. Who's the – is it Isaiah Mullins, the defensive lineman, who was out, and he's still out, but he was not in that game. That definitely, I think, affects their rush and pass rush because they did not get home. I, I think we left with about five minutes ago, so maybe they got home late. But I didn't see any sacks. I did, I did see some pressures. The quarterback did a good job of getting the ball away. Yeah. So that's not nothing, but they didn't get home. And offensive line-wise, so – I was talking to some of the families around me, and this is a concern the Badgers have. That they have, I don't know if they voiced it publicly, and I brought it up in the post game. But Alex and Matt, I want to take your thoughts on it as well. This new shotgun offense. Yeah. Now Tanner Bordellini played center some last year, but the Badgers were not running out of the shotgun as much. He was not supposed to be the center this year because of his snapping in the shotgun. They have uh, a player, and um, now all of a sudden his name names completely escaped me. It's not Renfro. Who's the other transfer from Cincinnati? This Huber. Is that his name? The offensive lineman? Yes. Yes. Uh, what's his first name? Okay. Uh, no respect to lineman on this show. Joe apparently. Huber, I think. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. But Huber, the center, uh, transferred from Cincinnati. He was injured most of last year. Unfortunately, he's been dinged a couple times in spring, uh, but was AAC All-Conference last year. He knows how to snap in this offense. The ball seemed to float to Mordecai too many times. There was times where it looked like the ball was not getting to him fast enough. Now, they're not going to come out and say that's on uh, Bordellini, the center. Like he, right. he's, but he, at the same time, I'm sure they're telling him he needs to get better. Because if you watch that game back, there was times the ball came back so slow, it looked like the offensive line had false started because they were already moving down the field for a run block, like they were moving forward before Tanner even had the ball in his hands. Like, <laughs> like it was taking, it yeah. seemed to me like at least a half second too long to get the ball to him. So that's not going to be fixed soon. 
So they have to figure out a way to work around it because I haven't seen an indication that Huber's coming back anytime soon. But I think the snap was, it wasn't, you know, I think the deciding factor, but it wasn't great. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I didn't notice that. I didn't have as nice of seats I, as you. I wouldn't have noticed if people weren't pointing it out to me. Uh, yeah, so I, I didn't notice it. It did look like the passing game just wasn't super sharp. So maybe maybe a little bit of that was timing, right? Like maybe that, that he got the ball a little late, so his timing was off. But um, I the, the things I did see and the flashes I did see from this offense make me f- very hopeful for what's to come. Like if this is what... A, and, and you know, for all intents and purposes, if this is what a a bad Luke Fickle like air offense or uh, Phil Longo air raid offense looks like, because obviously our running game got it done, not necessarily the passing. If this is the worst that it is, <clears throat> excuse me, this yeah. season, we're in great shape because we were still. I thought Mordecai as he just looked a little like tentative. It, you know, he didn't necessarily look like a guy who's played two seasons in the NCAA quite yet. He looked like he was... He's played more than two. He had two amazing seasons. Two Spend amazing away, yeah. seasons. Yeah, so this was seemed like, uh, you know, maybe nervous for the Big Ten, a big conference. First, uh, first game out there, I think Tanner's going to settle in and find his own. But he did look a little tight out on the field. But that's to be expected, I feel like. Eight, I just was pumping his tires way more than I probably should have, but... That's why it's it's fun to be an optimist, man. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. I'm an optimist too. I'm still optimist on the team. I don't change any of my predictions. They're going to only lose one game uh, this year, at, separate from the Big Ten championship and bowl game. But I think they're going to lose to Ohio State, and that's just that's it this year. I, I, I I'm not moving off of that. But eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. What was your biggest takeaway on the field for the Badger football team on Saturday, Strofe? You fancy yourself a Badger aficionado. What uh, what was your takeaway? <laughs> aficionado, indeed. I'm certainly not an expert. Um, yeah, I, I, I think you know the the big hype around the air raid was certainly present, right? I mean, they threw the ball 31 times and they won the game. Graham Mertz did that once in the, his entire tenure. I think 25 was actually his number, but nonetheless. Throwing the ball 31 times and winning the game is, is exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's still about the horses in the backfield. The uh, What Luke Fickle called it the 1-1 punch of Ches Malusi and Braylon Allen. He mentioned 298 yards, four touchdowns for the two of them. If they continue to be healthy, they are going to be a force to be reckoned with, continue to be one, uh, our Malusi and Allen. I, I, they are just so fun to watch. And, and when they got into open space, both of them had the opportunity on Saturday. It's like, ooh. When they spread the ball out a little bit, it opened some things up for these guys. Uh, the longest run of Ches Malusi's career on that 89-yard touchdown. Tim in Oregon chimes in, air, E-R-R, Ray, not a good game. Better go back to that old, boring, dominant run game. It didn't leave, at Tim. The <laughs> running game against, and I think, um, I'm not picking on Tim there, I think we are, I think a lot of people, including Chris and Brad right after the game, they even said part of it was like, well, I thought we'd see more passing. Okay, but we saw the best rushing attack from the Badger football team in a minimum of two years, and it might have been longer than that because the efficiency of these runs was not matched. It was not three yards in a cloud of dust. It was plenty of times. Maybe Braylon gets stopped once or twice for short games, but in other games of eight, nine, ten, there were guys running free, getting the ball to playmakers in space. The passing game, I think I would give it a C or a C-. The running game, though, which... A. Yeah. 
Eight. It was the best it's been in two years. I think we need to keep on repeating that. And it that still was looks the, like it could have been sharper. Yes. It was the most amount of yards the Badgers had in two years running the football at 312 yards rushing. Most of that coming from your star backs, as Alex just referenced. That could be one of the best one-two punches in all of football. So just, let's, let's not forget, like we're air raid offense, but our for sure our best player on the team is Braylon Allen in the backfield. Like they're and another reminder, Longo ran 51% runs to 49% passes at North Carolina. So I don't think that it's that, like, what we did seemed like his normal split. What they have? 30 rushes? 30-plus rushes? Th- the 40. 40, 40 rushes 31. 31? 71 yeah. offensive plays. That's pretty, that's pretty close. Obviously, it's I a little I see 39 attempts. Oh, but maybe that change? I'm just reading out of an article. I'm not pulling off the box score. So maybe oh, they might be counting a sack. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just pulling it off an article here. So I want to point this uh, part out as well. I think it, it shows really good. What's the word here? Understanding of what's working from Phil Longo. Yeah. Phil Longo presents himself as a guy who has a big ego. And I think he does, but he's not an idiot. He understood. And that's one of the hardest things. Like offensive coaches always freak me out. Because they believe their own press clippings too often. They try to be the mad scientist. They try to be the smartest person in the room. And that was not Phil, and I mean that as a positive. That he was saying, the run game's working. We're gaining yards. We're scoring touchdowns. We're winning this football game. We're going to keep on running it. We're going to mix the pass in there to keep teams. That, to me, sounds like the smartest guy in the room. Yes, but we're going to mix the pass in to keep teams honest. But... We're going to still run the football if that's what's working. You know what happens against Washington State? If Washington State starts trying to stop the run, well, then the passing game should open up some. Yeah. Buffalo could have come in there and, and said... We're, but we're not going to abandon the run game right. even if they are stopping Because there are two football teams. And Buffalo could have come in and said, here, we're going to build a game plan that's going to allow you not to be able to throw the football against us. But, oh, by the way, you're going to have the most amount of rushing yards you've uh, gained in the last two years. It worked. It and I worked. think we all wanted... And I think Buffalo might have counted on that. That Phil Longo wanted it. The Badger fans wanted it. Maybe the Badgers will get stupid and just keep on throwing it. And we've seen that on the other side for Badger games when teams come in here in Purdue or whatever and nobody likes the air raid because all they do is throw. But that's not what the, this is the air raid, but it also has a ground game. And I yeah. think it's worth remembering that Matt from Beaver Dam chimes in. The threat of the pass, which will get better, helped the running game. So all's well that ends well. Right. Tim from Cambria <laughs> chimes in. The play of the game was when Allen bowled over Buffalo's All-American linebacker. Totally awesome. And that was <laughs> that was great. Now, Braylon, I was worried for a second because you could see when he was walking off, he kind of was shaking his arm a little bit, but I guess his shoulder and everything is all right. But right. I think that took a toll on Braylon, too. I yeah. mean, he, he still won it, but he might have won that, like, 52-48. to 48, yeah. like, But he still won it, so good for him. But that was a collision that you could hear out there. Uh, also, though, I want this to be our first Iron Jack poll question. And... I think it should go on ESPN Madison. Alex is going to be a, a, a funny daddy about it. Was it too loud? <laughs> Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Yeah. Before you say something, I recommend not insulting the person that you want to do what you want to do. All right. You, you think you're like you the producer would just post how we want it, Matt, but, you know, he's moving on anyways. <laughs> One more week. Not even. Thank God. <laughs> uh, counting down the hours, fellas. Seven and a half. I mean, I'm not counting them down. I love you, Strofe. Was it, was it too loud at Camp Randall? On Saturday, eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. I want that to be our first Iron Jack poll question. Do Was I have permission two? to insult you in the poll? You can, but I think a lot of people are with both Matt and I. I am. How old are you, Matt? Thirty four. So I am nine years older than Matt, and we have the same 
mindset of this. They're calling me old now too, Jim. I'm I know. getting lumped into but your Shroff age talk, group. Shroff talked to a few randos, and they're like, "Oh, it wasn't too loud." Randos being people that work in this office. Randos, then exactly eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. It was too loud at the game. <laughs> Tell us why. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue, and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. Watching the sun bake. All of those tourists covered with oil. R.I.P. to a legend, man. And Matt, this music, this Iowa Ono's old guy. This has... <laughs> yeah. But Jimmy Buffett has, as I've gotten older, just kind of hit the... The musical sweet spot more of just wanting to relax. It is good, timeless, relaxed music. I mean, I think the song is from the 70s. It's a soundtrack of my youth. My dad listened to a ton of Jimmy Buffett growing up. And the older I get, I'm like, you know what? He's got, a, I played the whole playlist, the essentials. He's got a lot of songs, not as, you know, popular as this, but some deeper ones. Pirate, Look at 40. is You know, there are some good ones in there. We're going to hear them today, but I will take your calls on this as well. 844-770-3776. What is your favorite Jimmy Buffett song in honor of the the king of partying? And look, we like to party. We like to have a good time. We like to drink Coors Light. He likes to drink his margaritas, but uh, Coors Light fill here today on Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. And you know, one of the reasons I'm able to enjoy Coors Leg uh, or margaritas or whatever I want is because I work out at Carbon World Health. I'm the fittest, healthiest, and leanest and lightest I've been in years thanks to the team at Carbon World Health. I've been working with Dr. Res- Dr. Nestor Rodriguez now for a long time, and I've seen my fitness and strength increase steadily. Now I'm getting weight loss like I never expected thanks to semi-glutide. I'm dropping fat, not muscle, with this game-changing FDA-approved weight loss treatment. Go to CarbonWorldHealth.com today to see how they can help you. He's Matt Hamilton. I'm Jim Rutledge, live from the Everlight Solar Studio. Get into the show, 844-770-3776. Was it too loud <laughs> at Camp Randall on Saturday? And we asked this question because it is a little bit on social media. I believe there was an article written about it as well. And we also want to know, tell us your favorite, favorite Jimmy Buffett song. You can chime in with that. Uh, Tim in Oregon chimes in. Lost my hearing at Dead Kennedy's concert and later at the police concert. Uh, you guys are audio virgins. Look, Matt. Well, Matt's not a big fan of going to concerts. I, if anything, I'm a guy that needs things super loud because I can't hear a lot of things. <laughs> and Matt, the way that, well, and partially, look, I was born almost, I think, seventy uh, percent deaf. I had to have a couple uh, ear surgeries. Right, I didn't hear tubes in your ears. Yeah, twice. I had to have it twice. So. I mean, that's not why I'm mean, still turn music up too loud. Like I always get the notification from your phone. It's like shut up, phone. Where it's like you're listening to music for too loud for too long. So I listen to things loud, but I don't. Your nor- phone w- tells you that. Yeah, you don't know, oh. an app. Like I mean, maybe I just maybe don't. don't. So maybe I do. Loud. So, but my point is that it wasn't even as loud. My ears were almost like ringing at a point during the game, and. I ended up leaving the game with a headache. I didn't come in with a game with a headache. And I didn't drink enough to be like, oh, it's a headache, like like coming down hard. Like I I'm forty three, I can manage my right. intake and then I had some water. <laughs> like I can I can Fair. manage it to yeah. like, all right, this is gonna be how the day goes. And it was it was loud. I turned to Brad who was with me and I said, dude, is it me or is it really loud? like my ears are ringing it is loud? And other people around us like, yeah, it's it's loud. So let's start with that part of it because <laughs> the rest is I think more of a style like you know taste. There was a little bit more like modern music in there, which I'm fine with. But Matt, some people were upset you couldn't hear the band. 
because the band goes around into the stands and plays music. They play music during, and the band was actually overrun by the music in the stadium. Yeah. And this is worth noting. I should have said this earlier. They hired, the Badgers hired a new in-house entertainment team. Ah, So okay. Bruce and Madison says, oh, yes, it was definitely a little too loud, but it was the first game. So what, for me, I wouldn't have necessarily thought it was too loud if I didn't feel like I heard the speakers crack a little yes, bit. Yes, that like, too, yes. It wasn't, I'm fine with loud music, but when you're starting to sacrifice the quality of the sound for the loudness... The volume, then it's it, it, it. That's where the juice ain't worth the squeeze for me. So I thought they were losing a little bit of audio quality just to like bring it right. And maybe it was just first game of the season. Let's bring the heat kind of thing. So I think you're trying to balance. I think it'll get better because I yeah, also. I mean, it's also like he said, first game, new team. Yeah, figuring out a new scheme, just like the Badgers off Badgers offense. You got this production company. You know, they're in week one too. They had to figure it out. And I think what I had heard was that this team has done more, what's the word here? Um, Concerts? <laughs> well, they did like Super Bowl like events. Okay. But then you're filled, that stadium is not filled with fans. Like, thankfully, all the <clears throat> traditions still happen. Obviously, the jump around, right. but Build Me a Buttercup, Sweet Caroline. Like, there were other times those songs were able to be done. Mm-hmm. But even after the jump around, and part of this could have been on the Badgers, they were standing ready to go. Like they like that never happens. Like the music was almost running too long. The commercial breaks were too long too. The national breaks were a nightmare. Like we were sitting around that game. I feel like a couple was, snaps got off just before yeah, the music. Yeah, like, exactly. Turned off. Like, and that right, seemed off too. Close. And I think that threw off the cheering as well. Like there was times where they're trying to get it loud for everyone in the stadium, and they're doing the whole Madtown mayhem, which right. really corny. It looked like it had. It was black with red light letter, mm-hmm. but it was like almost looked like a Halloween sort of. <laughs> you know, it was just very hokey, and they had the meters on there. It was trying to get like a uh, Pfizer Forum vibe as well. Right. But I think that was throwing fans off too because the music playing all the time that it's not playing, and then you're like, "Am I supposed to be cheering now?" Because sometimes the music would play all the way up to the snap. Other times the music would cut and it would tell you to get loud. And I don't think fans and the in-house entertainment had the right rhythm. I have an honest question. You know, whenever they do those like decibel meters. Are those like no real? No. no. <laughs> I always thought those were like legitimate. I was like, we could be louder, and then it feels like it'd get louder, and you'd still see it bounce and get. I was like, what's yeah. I I felt it was real for a really long time too, but now it's kind of like just, pro wrestling. I wanted it to be real, and now I'm, yeah, I'm hey, getting to pro, the point where I'm just accepting you, the fact that it's not. Pro wrestling could be real if you still want it to be real. Yeah, same with the decibel meter stroke. If you want it to be real, it can still be real. Just like movies, right? If you want it to be real. real. John Wick's a real guy. That would be crazy. He is. Uh, (laughs) Um, Spider-Man's real, too. (laughs) That would be amazing. So those are fake. That kind of shatters my idea of, like... Those decibel meters. I thought that was Sorry a to, more to break your heart there. Uh, this is. <laughs> you stink, Strobe. <laughs> this is religion. <laughs> Just lie to him, man. Yeah, dude. Yeah. If I asked you the Tooth Fairy is real, I know what you're telling me. Why can't you help me out? It's because the Tooth, tooth fairy, fairy is, is real. real. But the decibel meter's not. It is real, Matt. Thank you. That's all I wanted to hear. Yeah. <laughs> There'll be a dollar under your pillow later. <laughs> I want to. Te- we'll tease this because maybe we'll actually find the audio because Mark Tauscher. Teammate of ESPN Madison spoke on our sister station, WTMJ, uh, and talked about this some on Wisconsin Morning News. But the headline from a longtime season ticket holder in the Wisconsin State Journal it was like a bad frat party. 
So, as far as the atmosphere at Camp Randall, I do believe it'll get better. Okay, without you saying anything else other than the fact that it was in the Wisconsin State Journal as a season ticket holder, right. I'm willing to bet. 107 years old. All of my money that that person is over 65 years old. Oh, yeah. Easy. <laughs> Easy. Like, that person could retire, but, but chose to continue you could to go over What's Twitter. now? 30? You could go over Twitter, X, or anything <laughs> else, and there was plenty of people who were not thrilled. Yeah. With it right now, last I checked, we uh, are in the lead on that. That yes, it was too loud. It's never too loud, and it's always so much fun at Ho Chunk Gaming Madison because that's where winners go. Go be a winner. Go to Ho Chunk Gaming Madison. One thousand three hundred sixty-six machines available to play and win at ninety. You know what? I got this like an hour ago. I'm going to go ahead and say $93 million of jackpots so far Jeez. in 2023 because that's how jackpots roll in. Almost $13 million in jackpots in August alone at Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison. Go be a winner and go to Ho-Chunk Gaming Madison. We're going to play What Matt Missed next. Rutledge right. and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. Stoughton chimes in. Best Jimmy Buffett song is Bahama Breeze, which is a good one. I uh, found some newer ones. I want to make sure I have the right name, Matt Hamilton. But what is your favorite Jimmy Buffett song? Probably this one. It's a good Margaritaville. one. Honestly, the two main ones are really all I know. But Cheeseburger in Paradise. See, there was more, and again, it was Come Monday is another popular one that's been on for a long time. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. That's a little so, bit Alan Jackson, a little bit Jimmy Buffett. So, uh... <laughs> A little, little deep dive back into my past. Yeah. Um, there's a restaurant out on the west side that used to be a cheeseburger in paradise back in the day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I remember getting dropped off there by my date's parents for like <laughs> one of my first dates. I nice. went on really? cheeseburger in paradise in uh, like Middleton or something. How was the cheeseburger in paradise? Um. Nah, I mean, I don't remember that well. I, I, like I said, I was younger than 16 because we had to be dropped off. I would say and that, I like, date, 15 years the old. didn't end in paradise? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, when mom and dad got to take you back home? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> There's bathrooms at Cheeseburger in Paradise. Oh, get out of here, Strong. Dude, come on, man. Get We're talking about kids here. less than 16. You, like, just stop. Gross. <laughs> I'm just talking about Matt. We don't have but to make a weird. But it is weird. I got kids. Like, I no. was a baby. <laughs> yeah, he's a baby. You're all, jeez. Yeah. Get your mind out of the gutter, Strove. It's a family Come show. Come on, man. It's now, a family show. I am a, little oh, bit, I am a little bit surprised. <laughs> this is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. We're going to get to what Matt missed in one second. I am a little surprised that Matt doesn't like Jimmy Buffett more. Just from the idea of like Jimmy Buffett is like a guy. Fits my vibe. Right. I mean, like sure. never grew up. Like he literally has a song that says, I'm getting older, but I'm not growing up. Yeah. Like, and like a lot of these jams are very, very much of like. Maybe I'm, I'm just going to grow into Jimmy Buffett. I, I did. 
Yeah, so I was honestly, I thought Jimmy Buffett because my dad was so into it. I'm like, this guy sucks. And now, <laughs> and now yeah. yeah, then I'm older. I'm like, what, you're you're like an angsty thirty year old then. Right. Your dad is no, my my Jimmy Buffett's been around since the well, 70s. I know, but like, how long is your dad trying to get you to get into? Jimmy no, it's just when I grew up, like oh, when, like okay, from the okay, ages okay. of like ten to twenty, you know, ten to eighteen, yeah, nineteen, twenty. I don't think 20. my dad would even try to push Jimmy Buffett. He wasn't even trying to push it. It was just playing it all the oh, time. Fair. They okay. had, I don't know about you, but when your dad is bigger uh, and then they're, they're the adult, they get to choose the radio. Yeah, so it's kind of like, this is what you're going to yeah. listen to here. But Little Miss Magic is a new song that I discovered from Jimmy Buffett. It's about his daughter. So I enjoy that one now. I hadn't heard it before. Uh, Dan Stoughton, I already chimed in with his. Let's play What Matt Missed. Matt, what lining kugels are you missing? Tell us that after the open. Context is important. Except when you're an Olympic gold medalist, it's time for What Matt Missed on Rutledge and Hamilton. You did such a good job with that open. Well done, Strophe. So, Matt, what line and kugels are you missing before we get into What Matt Missed? Oh, well, you know what? I had some of the... We'll get into it later, but I had some of our teammates out on the boat this weekend. Yeah. Yesterday, we were out on the beautiful we know waters missed. of Lake Wabisa, and I was enjoying the delicious... Honey Lemon Light from Line of Kugels. It's the perfect beer for summer. Hot day. A little bit of lemon. Refreshing. They were nice and cold. Ah, tough to beat. Line of Kugels. They've got a flavor for every moment. I Breaking news. I heard their Sunset Wheat is back. Uh, that was tweeted by former owner Dick Line of Kugels. So, Sunset Wheat's back. They've got the delicious um, Wisconsin... Uh, Amber, which is fantastic. So whatever your moment, whatever beer vibe you're in the mood for, Line of Kugels has a flavor for you. And the one thing that's going to set them apart from the rest is they've got beer mixology. You find a nice variety pack, throw a couple different flavors in there. You can go online to their website, find out how you can mix these different Line of Kugels beers together and make your own concoctions. The beer mixology from Line of Kugels is a fantastic way to switch up their amazing flavors. You can get it wherever you get delicious beers. And remember, you must be 21 years or older to enjoy. So tell us what what Matt Mist is, Alex. What Matt Mist is exactly what it says. I'm going to play a clip. I'm going to give you no context. Matt has to tell us who said it, what it's, what it's about. Just got two clips for you today as we're running out of time because we got to get to Jason Wilde coming up next. We'll start with clip number one. This What's up, like bro? Alex you believe Stroke. that? You, you, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, no. Do you believe <laughs> that? Huh? Oh, no, no, no. I read through that bull junk you wrote. Down. I read through that. I sifted through all that. Yeah. Oh, no. Come on. Do you believe? You don't believe. You just answered it. You don't believe. Next question. Who is that? idea really who said that what is he talking about <laughs> seriously on both questions i can't even pretend to be able to put context around this one that is prime time Deion sanders Deion? head oh coach at colorado lighting up the local reporters who did not agree with him or did not believe in him excuse me now i want to say this and matt you can hop <laughs> in on it i have no problem with Deion lighting them up and i have no problem with them not believing, and that's just the, the way it goes. Like, Dion is trying to create some strawmen. Mm-hmm. It's not their job to be hype men for Dion Sanders and pump them up when they had won one game last year and he brought in an ungodly amount of transfers, and it was a big leap of faith to say that team was just going to be good right away. Right. 
But then Dion also has every right to come out there and say, look at all you haters. You were wrong. That's right. the way I look at it. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that's awesome. Plus, the, the juice that Dion's bringing. Like, I remember being at the Badger game and people asking, like, what the score of that game was. Like, it's... It's in the the front of people's minds right now, and I just saw this, and um, we'll see if it's actually. Well, it's a, it's a look. It is a Buffalo reporter. Tom Brady texted uh, Sanders' kid, who's the quarterback of the team. Uh, don't be satisfied. He hit five touchdowns, I believe, and five hundred yards. Yeah, he, he, broke, he broke the school record in passing yards in his first game as a Buffalo. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. I, I was at a coffee shop yesterday, and a guy walked in with a Buffalo shirt on. I said, nice shirt. Go Buffs. Anyway. <laughs> um, all right. Clip number two. I think you're going to know who this one is, Matt. I'm counting on you. Here's clip two. Cheese pizza is undone. Where's the toppings? Like, if you're going to have a pizza, why would you not have toppings on it? Why it do you, doesn't Why do you sense. need the toppings? When it's that good for yeah. that long and that dominant for that long, no, why do you need no, no, any no, no. Why do you need the to che- fuss The cheese pizza it? at no point has ever been dominant. No. Let me explain what cheese pizza is. Cheese pizza, you know, it's not show, it's not a showman. There's no there's no nothing around it. It just goes to work every single day and it wins. And it dominates. And it and it's great for every single meal any place across the country. And it's won championship after championship. Cheese pizza is Tom Brady. Oh, it doesn't boy. need pepperoni. You don't have to get them the best wide receivers. It could have simple bread, cheese, tomato sauce, win seven rings, and be dominant. All right, Matt. Who is it? Who was it? Um, was that was that uh, Evan Cohen's new co-host? Was it Canty, Smallman, and Cohen, or something? Yep. There was, was two it, people in that clip. Canty. Yep. And Evan. Hey! <laughs> yeah, the guy who was on your show yeah, no, less I, than a week I ago. I thought it sounded familiar, but I was trying to get the first guy's seconds. voice down. I was really trying to get that because I'm like, I've heard it. But it was from their old show. I didn't hear their show today, which is uh, the start no, of it. It was from today's show. That was from about Yeah, I didn't hear it today. I didn't hours. hear their show. You said that was from their old show. That no, was from no, his no. show today. I, I remember listening to Canty from his old show, gotcha. so I was trying. I figured... It was the new show, but yeah, I didn't. I'm going to be honest, I didn't fully have confidence in my Evan Cohen guess. <laughs> I was more confident in KT than it was going. All right, friend well, of show, Evan you Cohen. should know our friend of show coming up next. That's Jason Wildy. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue, and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. Three-time Wisconsin Sports Writer of the Year, Jason Wilby. I'm not in a mood for drama with my Jason. Why are you always trying to stir stuff up, Jason? Is on Rutledge and Hamilton. I don't know if I will go as far as you will. With Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton. <laughs> All right, boy. All right. Be good. <laughs> Presented by Coors Light. Jason Wildy has to be thrilled. It is finally game week. We have something real to talk about starting next week, but at least now they're the injury reports. They have to attach an injury to it. Uh, you're going to know who's actually going to play, who's not going to play. You're going to you know learn a little bit about this team as they game prep and after the game. Jason, are you finally ready for football season to actually begin in silly season of preseason football and all that? Uh, finally subsiding. James. Yes. Matthew. Yes, <laughs> I am. I'm very much uh, excited for games that count, and 
uh, actual, you know, as much as I love my FedEx guy that just dropped off a package, uh, I'm excited for players that are um, on the roster that are going to be playing football all year as opposed to working with my FedEx guy. <laughs> and uh, Jason that was so eloquently savage. He's that- a wordsmith. <laughs> That's savage. That was savage. UPS folks make bank. I don't know if you've fallen along with that. So, like, some of these guys might be better yeah, work for UPS than the bottom of the roster job. anyways. Yeah. I mean, I hope you hold One that package better than you hold UPS the ball. Driver. Yes. Uh, oh, now, come on. <laughs> Matt, Matt, yeah, we all can't be, can't all be Olympic curlers who really, you know, Rake, they they sweep in the dough. Hey, you know I mean, I, mean? I, I was cut from the ten man roster back in 2015 when I was on Team Reject. So you like Michael Jordan? Yeah, I've been there. We we've all been there. We've all been cut before. <laughs> team Reject? Is that what you just said? That was the whole like storyline in 2018 during the Olympics. Was that we were the team of rejects that ended up making the Olympics? Just because we were oh, rejected the from the first year of the program, yeah. The the island of misfit yeah, I toys. I didn't, I didn't watch any of those. Yeah, I didn't watch. Those <laughs> but I will say this: forget Matt's story. <laughs> will the? I would tell you this: if you don't know uh, John Schuster's story, you'd love it. Like it is like, right up your alley. Uh, Matt's story isn't there. Oh but really? Sh- Team Schuster, Matt comeback story. Yeah, of the ages, yes. Schuster's comeback story is pretty good. Yes, and Matt is a part of it. Uh, but it is a good one. So. It's not a comeback story for uh, Jordan Love, but I was having this this thought here of Packer fans and media as well. Like Jordan Love, I think maybe even a couple years ago, everyone's like, "I don't Jordan Love ain't it," but he's had this benefit of being able to. I don't think it makes him better or worse, but it might prolong his career in the idea that he's had this benefit of having these ups and downs behind closed doors. Of if he had to play a year ago, two years ago, it's a disaster. And maybe now he is fully cooked, and maybe he comes out and looks closest to what he can be, and that'll set him up for long-term success because he won't come out and have wild ups and downs like maybe Fields we've seen go through or other quarterbacks go through because Love's got a whole year on even Fields, who's been in the league, started more games. Is there something to the idea of not the idea that they have the ability to learn behind a legend, but that they can make mistakes behind closed doors and grow behind closed doors that allows them to settle in mentally in the NFL. And could that be a benefit for Jordan Love? Well, so now it sounds to me like I need to reconsider my Sunday story that I'm planning for the Wisconsin State Journal because if you and I are on the same page, (laughs) that clearly should give me pause. Yes, yeah, you should Um, reconsider. So because I was actually... And I was actually going to reach out to the previous quarterback today because he always maintained that had he gone to San Francisco at number one overall in 2005, he still would have been the player he became. And first of all, obviously you have to have that kind of confidence, right? I mean, that's that's how you get to that level. But I as not the person who was taking that journey, I'm not so sure. Like Interesting. Alex Smith, Alex, well, what, no, 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 let me be clear. Like, maybe he does what Alex Smith did and gets with, you know, Andy Reid years later and then gets to kind of realize his full potential. And, look, I, Rogers is a better player than, than uh, Alex Smith was. That there's, I'm not saying that, but... Alex Smith had five offensive coordinators his first six years in the league. He went one overall to a team that was not good, right? 
And, you know, he obviously had injuries and whatever else. But to me, the biggest thing was he did not step into a particularly uh, comfortable situation. He had Mike McCarthy his rookie year, then he had another coordinator. And another. So I, I just feel like he had to go through, to Jim's point, a lot of growing pains, A, while playing, and B, while going through a bunch of different systems. Rodgers didn't have to do that. Love didn't have to do that, right? And so, to me, there's no doubt there's merit to that. And I'm not going to try and convince Aaron Rodgers that he's wrong and tell him, no, <laughs> if you'd, if you'd have had the same kind of career as Alex Smith, you're a better player, but it would have really messed you up, man. Um, I'm not saying that, but what, I'm sa- what I am saying is it set him up to succeed so much better than having to – I mean, he also could have suffered injuries behind bad offensive lines or whatever else, and none of those things – have befallen him early in his career or Jordan Love during his time waiting his turn. So there, I don't think there's any question that there's an advantage to that. And, you know, yes, you can say you get better by playing. And I'm sure when, when Justin Fields talks this week and my buddies in Chicago send me the transcript of what he says, I'm sure he'll talk about the value of his opportunities to play. But to me, you're exactly right, Jim, and that's what I want to talk to Jordan about. Because look, if let's say in 2021 Rogers has the um, cojones to stick to his guns, and he did ask to be traded. Now, now did you know? I love the semantics game because <laughs> Favre did the same thing to me. Now, did he ask to be traded? No, I guess David Dunn made the request on his behalf, but. The, truth of the matter is he wanted to be traded whether he articulated that directly to Goody or not and if he had stuck to his guns and they had traded him going into the 21 season and we saw what love did when he missed the game with COVID uh what would that have done to Jordan Love to play that entire season and play it most likely like he did to some degree against Kansas City now would they have game planned differently would their offensive change sure but he I mean, he was not ready to play in the NFL as a rookie. They didn't have an off-season program. He was terrible in camp. He was not ready as a rookie. And they didn't draft him to play as a rookie. But now, after three years, and especially last year, when I think he probably made his most growth behind closed doors, uh, he's as ready as he's ever going to be. So, Jim, your point is extremely well taken. Thank you. I thought I'd uh, listen to a different podcast And now today. I need to shower. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Matt, what do you got? <clears throat> well, I'm more curious. With the with the Badgers going out this weekend and obviously high-flying expectations behind the air raid and Tanner yeah, Mordecai. Yeah, I saw somebody on social media saying that it was going to be a bloodbath. There was going to yep. be blood on the field. Yep. That was That person was inaccurate. That guy's a dummy. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Who was that? Like you said, just a dummy. Let's not bring it up. No reason to open old wounds for whoever that person is. But uh, poor uh, guy. Yeah. So my thing is, I'm kind of going into this game with the opposite expectations. I'm kind of expecting the worst and hoping for the best in this game. Where, like, where do you think Jordan's gonna let fall in here? Like. Is he going to come out firing, or do you think there's going to be still some like, uh, um, like a bit of a learning curve now that he's out there officially as the starter? Like, what do, what do you foresee happening here? Uh, I I think there he's going to make some mistakes. Uh, I think a couple of 
the young guys around him are going to make mistakes uh, that are going to be uh, that are going to lead to plays that go against them. Um, I, I want to pick them to win because, frankly, it's the Bears, <laughs> um, and I, I kind of feel like. And Jim, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, I kind of feel like the Bears as an organization are like the Packers as a defense. Uh, guilty until proven innocent. Yeah. Like, prove me wrong, right? Like, I, I'm not going to believe in the Packers' defense until they show me that I should. Uh, I don't care that they're going to be more aggressive, and uh, I'm not going to believe in the Bears until they give me a reason to. And every single week, every single day of this week, Jason, I have less and less confidence. Uh, and it's mainly because, like, the Packers have quarterback magic. So until that's proven otherwise, I'm just like, I, <laughs> it's probably, every every day I'm like, eh, it's just going to. Quarterback magic. They're going to somehow monstars the leg, the legs of Fields into love, and he's going to be some sort of hybrid that I'm going to have to live with the next 15 years. But that's, that's So, yes, you're right, because you just kind of you just kind of get it in your brain of, like, this is what's going to happen. Muscle memory. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so if they, uh, if they prove me wrong, then great. And if the Bears prove me wrong, well, obviously not great for Packers fans, but great for Bears fans. So I, I, I am expecting, like, I'm leaning toward actually picking them to win. Um, but to me, are you protecting your own emotions? Yes. Because you were much more confident in the Badgers over um, – Buffalo, and then it, it was like seven to seven late in the first half, and so you don't want to set yourself up to get hurt again. Seven to ten, or really? do you authentically have doubts and reservations about this team, and then you'll be pleasantly surprised when they beat Jim's uh, favorite football team. I'm definitely guarding my heart, but I'm I'm yeah. I think guarding in doing heart. that is I leave myself open to be pleasantly surprised. The last, this is the first season that I can remember going into the season thinking Super Bowl or bust ain't a thing. Like, I'm not even like thinking about the Super Bowl. I'm just hoping to be relevant for playoff con- conversations in the last couple weeks of the season. So, this is a new, it's a new time for Packers fans. Yeah, I, I can't go in with the same mindset. So I flipped it to the Badgers, and that pessimistic view I had for the Badgers <laughs> last year with, with Graham Mertz is now flipped to uh, Jordan Love because, like Jim said and you said with the Bears and the ba- Packers defense, until Jordan Love proves it to me that he can do it, I'm still not going to be all behind him. I'm going to guard my heart until he shows me that he can be someone who can be trusted with fragile cargo, like my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Fragile cargo like my... Is this, it's broken I, 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 easily, like, Jason. My heart is broken easily. It sounds easily. like an 80s like, love song. It might be. <laughs> and, and I was going to say it's like Frozen. Right. Oh, yeah, that too, oh, it's, yeah. It's an, it's, it came out in 89. February 19th, 89 is when this tragic love song of Matt Hamilton and the Packers oh, came out. All right, tragic. You've had a pretty good run. I'll tell you about tragic. tragedy. I'm a Bears fan. But <laughs> that has that is a sad story. Uh <laughs> Jason, before I let you go, uh, I've, I'm assuming you weren't at Camp Randall on Saturday, but I don't know if you've seen the, I guess, controversy around. They've hired a new in-house entertainment group, and the olds, at least 43-year-old me and 34-year-old Matt Hamilton, along with most of our audience right now, saying it was too loud at Camp Randall. During your time going to games, covering games, do you ever remember the atmosphere at Camp Randall being the story outside of the jump around? 
so I'm even older, obviously. And so I was there, uh, I was in the press box, but I was there in 92 for uh, the crush oh, with yep. the fans that tried to rush the field. Um, I also um, sat in the student section my freshman year, which all that was the motivation I needed to go to the Badger Herald offices because <laughs> I, I had been waiting. Like, you know, our, our teammate Gary Ellerson, um, I, I, I was a Badgers fan since I was four years old and I got my first Bucky Badger stuffed animal. And so I was, I would listen on the radio because back then it wasn't like every game was on TV. So I would listen to Jim Irwin used to do like the Bucks, the Badgers, and <laughs> uh, the Packers play by play on 620 WTMJ. And so I would listen every Saturday. You know, the Don Morton era, they were bad when I was in high school. But I got to campus. Barry Alvarez and I, both our first years at Wisconsin, you know, I like to think I had a role in, in the turnaround, uh, was not, were 1990. And I sat in the student section, and I was, to use a word that they like to use in the student section, effing miserable. Like the eat blank, blank you, and all that other stuff, and the rowing, and all that other crap. Like, I'm like, I've been waiting my whole life to go to a Badger game, and now I'm a freshman, I don't care if they only beat Ball State all year. I am so excited for this. And then, like, none of these people, they were all hammered drunk. And no one, we came to see the band. Well, not me. I came to see the Badgers. And so uh, I was, I, I did not know this. So I, I was saying this on our show this morning because we spent a ton of time on this. Because this, I saw, this I saw. brought it up. Yeah. But he, I, I was, um, I was watching the game on television and listening to the, the radio broadcast because I wanted to hear Tausch. And I had no idea because I obviously wasn't at the game. And the level of vitriol and frustration and the unanimous nature of how it was bad, like we had, and obviously there are some older fans, but I had plenty of folks who checked in today on our show that said, look, yeah, I'm older, but I'm not one of those fuddy-duddies that doesn't stand up and doesn't cheer or just wants to hear roll out the barrel, jump around, and sweet Caroline. I'm fine with that. But, like, this was this was a, a, a huge negative. And I, I'll say this. I don't know if you guys have gotten this during the first hour of your show here. But the way they played the music, it did not, and I'm going to use the word Tausch kept making fun of me for using because he once got it wrong in a spelling bee. It <laughs> did not allow the fans to crescendo yes. toward that noise, like on third down, because mm-hmm. it was so... You know, they're busy covering their ears and everything else. I just, I don't know how you can screw that up. Like, obviously, the new coaching staff, they want this energy and whatever else, and maybe they think it's for the players. But if you want your fans to be an advantage, you got to trust them to be able to bring the noise on third down as opposed to doing it artificially with the speakers turned up to 11. So I hope they get it fixed because this is one of those I, I always tell the girls that when we do something dumb, myself included, that we've committed an unforced error like in tennis. This strikes me as clearly an unforced error by UW. <laughs> Jason, that's, that's perfect. Yeah, that's a perfect take. And I, I actually do something similar with my kids. It's more of like, hey, sometimes you guys screw up to know it's not right. And so maybe <laughs> they screwed up. It's like when we went to the fishing museum, Matt, I said, hey, now we know this stinks. We don't have to go again. <laughs> All right, Jason, thanks so much for hopping on. <laughs> the, the remainder of Rutledge and Hamilton brought to you by the Fishing Museum. Hey, this stinks. <laughs>
Yes. But you should go once to know that it's not worth your time. Oh, man, that's perfect. <laughs> right, take care. Be good. All right, that's Jason Wildey. I want to add on. I'll let Jason go there. The worst part was, guys, and we'll talk. I want to talk about Iron Jack before we get out, but I mentioned to my father-in-law, because he was telling me to go. I'm like, yeah, we went. It was awful. He goes, yeah, no, it's terrible. I'm like, why were you trying to get me to go? Because <laughs> like, you don't hug my wife. Oh, God. Well, you're all for that. Apparently, you know, we'll get into what Taylor was doing with Matt Hamilton later. So whatever your lifestyle is, Alex Stroff, you could do that. Iron Jock right now, Matt, you're going to tell everyone why you love it. But ironjock.com, we saw Paul obviously out at the tailgate uh, at Wisconsin College Game Day. But 25% off outerwear, jackets, pants, quarter zips, vests, men's and women's hoodies through the 17th. So that's at ironjoc.com. Outer 25 is the code. Yeah, and the reason you want to go to ironjock.com and use the code OUTER25 yes. is because they have the best technology in their materials and their clothing. It is a Wisconsin-based company, and that material is their silver ion technology. Every strand of the garment has silver ion technology woven within it that is antimicrobial, antibacterial, kills 99.9% of odor-causing bacteria to make sure you're feeling fresh and smelling fresh for as long as you own the garment. Like I said, it's a Wisconsin-based company. They provide a high-quality performance apparel that's designed from the inside out. They've got high-quality fabrics and the construction designed for an active and comfortable fit. Like Jim said earlier, you can go to Iron Jock, that's ironjoc.com, and get your Iron Jock gear today. And you can use code word OUTER25 for 25% off socks, pants, and other fun things. Iron Jock. It's what's inside that matters. This is Roger Hamilton presented by Coors Light.